This morning we are in the book of Isaiah. We're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 35. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10, so I'll give you an opportunity to find that in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible of your own, we love to give Bibles away. We love to give the Word of God out to people who desire it. Uh, we have a little library right across the street from Aldersgate. It's uh, South 19th and Amarillo Street. You're welcome to go to uh, our community garden. We have a little library in there. We try to keep these stocked in there at all times. There's other books in there, too, if you want to grab one of those. Or if you have books that you would like to share with others, you're welcome to do that. We also have a food box over there. And so if you would like to help support people by giving food, you can bring food up here and drop it off in that food box. And so we can share and help to feed those who need to be fed. So listen to this word from Isaiah chapter 35, beginning with verse 1. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So sometime in the mid-1980s, my dad, he read an article in the Lubbock newspaper, and it was celebrating the fact that the Chihuahuan Desert that surrounds Carlsbad, New Mexico, it had recently received an abundance amount of rainfall. It happened in the late spring. And so in this article, it was talking about how beautiful the landscape currently was, and the author was encouraging people across the area to take a trek out west and enjoy this rare opportunity. Now, at the time, I didn't know about the article. All I knew was that one weekend, my parents told us to pack our bags that we were going to head over to Carlsbad to see the caverns and spend the night. Now, I had never in my entire life, I had never been to a cave before. And so I was intrigued uh, with this idea of getting to go down into the earth and seeing what all was down there. So we got to the caverns, and it was absolutely this amazing experience for me to, to be able to walk down into this huge, huge hole in the ground and to immediately to be washed over by this, this cool and moist air as you descended outside of the dry heat of the outdoors. It, it was a brand new experience for me. I'd never had anything like that happen. So for the next two hours, we made our way down this pathway. We were looking around at all the incredible things there. There were stalagmites and stalactites, and we learned along the way about the cave's ecosystem and how it was formed. We even learned about the history of how it was discovered in the modern era. And I absolutely loved that trip, church. 
We got to the bottom of that, of that cave, and, and my dad did something that he never, ever did. He, he actually bought us a candy bar at the concession stand. We never got candy at the concession stand, so this was a pretty special day for us. And so we finished up what we were doing, and we got on the elevator, and we headed back up to the surface. And as we did so, I, I felt this, this overwhelming sense of joy at this experience that I had just had. Now, little did my naive self know that the joy that I had would soon disappear. Because you see, you have to remember that the cave excursion was not the primary reason of this trip. As I've already said, my dad had read this article about the blooming desert, not an article about the Cave of Wonders. And so we left this parking lot of the caverns and we headed out on the highway. But you see, instead of going back into town like I thought we would, my dad ended up turning down this dusty dirt road. Now, church, I need you to picture this. Here we are, this young family of five, and we are literally out in the middle of nowhere. There is not another person in sight. There's not a car. There is nothing out there. And we stop. And at first, I thought, well, maybe we were having car trouble or flat tire or something like that. Maybe my dad just needed to check on something because, you see, he gets out of the car, and he goes around to the back, and he opens up the, the rear end of the car, and he begins rummaging around in there. And I'm kind of watching him as he rummages around and he finally founds whatever it was he was looking for and he gets it. And then I got really confused because he grabbed a camera. And then after he had the camera, he just headed off into this nothingness. He headed off into that wilderness. And so I asked my mom, I said, what's he doing? And she said, well, he's going to be just a little while because he wanted to take a few pictures of this. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that a little while to a grown man who is mesmerized by the transformed landscape of a desert in bloom and a little while to an 11-year-old boy who is completely bored out of his mind, those are two very different amounts of time. Because you see, church, we were out in that desert forever. The minutes, they, they slowly ticked by until they eventually got to be an hour. And my dad, he, he made his way back to the car. And he got in and he turned the, air, the, the engine on and the air conditioner finally came on. It felt so good. And then I kid you not, church, as God is my witness, we drove maybe, maybe 50 feet. He puts it back in park. He turns the vehicle off and he gets back out and he runs off into the desert again. Now I'm here to tell you, this was worse than any other experience I'd ever had. It, it was worse than going with my mom to the fabric store, and I hated doing that. I didn't think we were ever going to leave this wilderness. And so by the time we finally did, several hours later, by the time we finally made our way out and we went to get something to eat, I was completely famished. And I can tell you, I was no longer a joy-filled person. Now the thing was... Even though my dad and I, we were in this same location, we were not experiencing the same thing at that point. All of that joy that, that I had had when we finished our time over at the cavern, it had completely disappeared. But you see, at that exact moment when my joy was leaving, well, my dad was experiencing his own joy. He was experiencing his own excitement at what was going on. And, and so what's the difference? Why was he able to be filled with joy out in that wilderness while I couldn't? Well, this morning's reading from Isaiah speaks to that. So let's listen to this again. Let's look at it again. 
So we have this prophecy from Isaiah, and like a lot of the prophecy of the Old Testament, Isaiah 35, it has this layered meaning to it. So in other words, the original meaning had a specific meaning for the first audience, but it also has another meaning for us today. So at the time of this writing, the, the nation of Israel, it was in exile. And so God had used the Babylonians to come in and judge the Israelites for their lack of being faithful to the covenant. But even in exile, God, he continued to be faithful to the Israelites. He continued to bless them. He continued to give them hope. And today's image is that hope. Because you see, God was telling the people at just the right time, God was going to release these captives from exile, and he was going to bring them back to the land of promise, to the promised land. And this passage, then, is the description of that pilgrimage journey home. Just like that unusually wet spring there in New Mexico, Isaiah's vision is of this wilderness. It, it's a dry land that normally dry land is bursting forth in color and in beauty. And so the people, they, they make their way home through the wilderness. And they're able to see along the way what is a normally barren landscape. It is now erupting with beauty and with life. And because of what they see on this journey, the, the people, they have this opportunity to see the true glory of God. And it's when they see this glory that they begin to realize something that they couldn't understand before. So that great reversal, it, it begins to happen. Look at verses 3 through 7 again. You see, God, he, he's with them. And it says here in these verses, because God is with them, their, their weak hands, they become strong. And their, their feeble knees, they become firm. And those who are afraid, they no longer need to be afraid. They no longer fear. God's salvation of his people from exile is going to happen, is what Isaiah says. And when it finally does come about, the blind are going to see and the deaf are going to hear, the lame will leap and the mute will speak. But you see, it doesn't even end there because there's normally dangers out in this wilderness. And all of those dangers that, that normally accompany the people who travel through that place, it will no longer be a reality for these people. The dry land will now have plenty of fresh water for them to drink. And those wild beasts that normally attack, they won't be attacking God's people. And there will be no bandits along the way hiding, ready to ambush the people. And so that's why this particular pathway, that's why this road is called the Holy Way. God's redeemed people, they're going to travel this road safely. And as they travel back to Zion, they're going to be singing songs, church. They're going to sing songs of joy. And joy and gladness will take the place of all of the sorrow and all of the sighing that they have had over the last several years. So the ransomed of the Lord, they're, they're going to return home filled to the brim with this everlasting joy. That is the vision of Isaiah for God's people. It's this vision of hope, a vision of love, a vision of promise, and it's a true vision of joy. So now we take this vision and we shift the prophecy. We shift it to the present day. What does this vision of Isaiah mean for Advent 2020? Well, over the last several months, it's been pretty tough to see the joy-filled landscape, hasn't it? This joy-filled landscape of the wilderness that we've been in. Many times I, I find myself over the last several weeks, I, I find myself being more like the little boy Dustin out in that Chihuahuan desert. 
and less like the awestruck dad who was so busy taking pictures and being in awe of everything around him that he didn't even realize how long he'd been out there. You see, the truth is that, that the God of Isaiah 35 is the exact same God of COVID-filled 2020. And you and I, well, church, we have a lot more in common with those exiles on their way home than maybe we realize. You, you see, the, the exiles, their, their joy, it, it's not wrapped up in what they had been experiencing. Their joy was definitely not wrapped up in what they had lost or even what they were promised to gain. These exiles' joy, it was in who they were. They're the redeemed. They were the ransomed. Essentially, they are God's people. And so in this vision, the, the people have been redeemed out of captivity. They have been ransomed by God out of their physical slavery. And, and so their salvation was from slavery and into freedom. And you and I are no different, are we? We are also the redeemed. We're also the ransomed. And, and you and I, we, we walk along this way we call holiness. Our redemption is through Jesus who paid our ransom with his own blood. And our slavery to sin is broken and the freedom we have in Christ, that alone should fill us with so much joy from the very top of our head to the very bottom of our feet. Pure, unadulterated joy. Now there's something here that I, I want to point out. I feel like I need to point out. You see, I didn't even see this until I was getting ready for this particular uh, worship service whenever I was reading through it for, with the worship team. L listen to, again to verse 8. This time I'm going to read it from the NRSV. I think it's a better translation for this particular text. Listen to verse 8. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. Not even fools shall go astray. Can you hear that, church? This, this holy way that we're talking about, it, it's traveled only by one group of people, the group of people known as the redeemed. The, the ransomed are, are only traveling companions. And so th this highway is straight. It, it's perfectly laid out so that even those who are fools cannot get lost. Now, I'm telling you, church, if that doesn't fill you with hope, I don't know what's going to. Because I know in my own life, I know I've been pretty foolish. I've done some pretty stupid things. And yet God's promise here in Isaiah's vision is that once you're on this highway of holiness, once you're part of the redeemed, you can't stumble around and fall off of it. The only possible way that you can leave the path is if you choose to wander off into the wilderness. You cannot do it on accident. And I don't know about y'all, but that brings me a whole lot of joy to know that God has made this holy way so perfectly straight and it is so marked out beautifully that I can't foolishly wander off, church. That makes me feel so much better as I walk along this path. And so this morning we're here today to, to celebrate joy. So we lit the pink candle among all of the other purple candles, and it's there to remind us that we are the redeemed. That even among all the lamenting and all of the despair and all of the darkness, that joy really is our way of life. 
And so I want us to think about this practically just for a minute. It would really be easy for us to focus on all this bad stuff, wouldn't it? It would be easy for us to continue to lament all of the things that we've lost this last year. But you see, Isaiah, he, he's calling out to us today, and he's telling us to never allow the loss to completely overwhelm us. And one of the greatest ways to experience joy, church, is by actually sharing joy with other people. And so I have a couple of challenges for Aldersgate this week. First of all, I want us to just think. I want us to reflect over the last several months, since March 11th when, when it was announced that COVID-19 was a real thing in our lives. Think back and bring to mind, I'll allow the Holy Spirit to bring to mind all of the things that have brought you joy this year? What are the things that have made you smile in the middle of this storm? What are the things that have filled you with hope when things have seemed the most hopeless? And I want you to share that because we need to share joy with one another. In the comment section of the video feed that you're watching, go ahead and type it in there. Type the things that have brought you joy over the last several months. Allow your own testimony of being a joy-filled person to bring other people joy. Let's help one another along on this holy way as we, re as we reflect on the joy that we have in our own lives. And then secondly, I, I want us to be intentional this week. I want all of us to be intentional and take some time to do something tangible for someone else. I want us to commit to doing some works of mercy all week long. Ask yourself, how can I be an instrument of joy? How can I bring joy to someone else's life? If you can't think of anything, pray to God and ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind other people, people who need some joy, who need joy to break through their own darkness during this season. And then let's share that, church. Let's take a picture of what we're doing and share it out there on social media. Put in this hashtag, God with Aldersgate. If you want to participate and you don't have social media, that's fine. You can go ahead and snap that picture and email it to us at office at aldersgateabilene.org and we'll get it out there. But you see, as redeemed people, church, as the ransomed people, we are on this holy way together. And we have this opportunity to, to see the glory of the Lord, even in the midst of this wilderness. And, and we have an opportunity to bring the joy of Christ into the lives of others. So let's do it, church. Let's bring joy into the world, and then let's watch as God promised, sorrow and sighing will flee away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go forth for they in grace and peace. Amen. So as we take communion this morning, I want us to reflect on that joy and allow the, the bread and the wine, the, the body and the blood of Jesus to bring you true joy, reflecting on the fact that you are a person of the redeemed, you are a ransomed person, and allow the joy of the Lord to just completely fill you all the way up and be thankful for all you have. Father God, in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray that you make this bread your body and make this wine your blood. And allow each and every one of us who are part of the body, redeemed by the blood, to be so filled with joy, Father God, that we cannot help but spread it around the world. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen.